Blog Talk Radio. I stumble in one late night. He was waiting up and sat me down. Said, I think it's time you move on, son. I pray you turn your life around. Years he tried to paint me a picture Every day you waste you won't get back He said life is not a dress rehearsal For another And the train you're on is running out of track Now I survived some hard times And I am finally finding my way We don't get to talk much But I hear you every day When life hangs a cloud, I think about you. Two years in prison camp, World War II. Sleeping on a flat wood bed, your helmet was your pillow. And still you shed the last piece of bread. Today is not the first time I have tried to see you down But it might be my last chance They tell me you're not turning round I have tried to tell you forever How much it's meant to be your son But I was trying to be so damn clever So you never heard But tonight I swear I'm gonna get it Hello. And still you share your last 
piece of bread Today is the first time I've laid flowers on your grave Papa, rest in peace now Treasure always out Welcome to a special live broadcast of Big Glen Radio's Military Monday show. Today's show honors those who have served in the past, those who serve in the military now, and the families all connected with those who serve because they are all serving. You just heard Song for My Dad, and that is by the late and great Jimmy Yesse, and our last conversation with him was with this song and this album, The Future. Mm-hmm. That's his last solo album. So, Jimmy, we hear your last words and your last songs. So may you rest in peace and keep playing music wherever you're going because you're one of the best songwriters on the planet, wherever you are. Those are great lyrics, man. I'm going to cry. So when you <laughs> hear his music and you hear that song, you've got to realize <clears throat> everything we go through in life, there's someone who's doing something harder going through something harder and I think our men and women who serve have definitely done that in the families whether Mm -hmm. it's now or in the past and that's what this show is about so we're going to start the show we've got our our friend Mike Guardia who's going to co-host the show come back on in a a little bit here but we've got to start with our friends over in Asheville Asheville, North Carolina see this is the thing we have these adventures there and no matter what happens we keep going back there Uncle Ted, who is an amazing guide and storyteller and musician um, on the Grey Line bus tour, says, Asheville is a vortex. Well, I believe he's right, because we keep circling Mm -hmm. back and our friends, Steve and Karen, over at the Lion and the Rose Bed and Breakfast. Maybe they are a vortex. Are you the vortex, you two? Is it Ozzy? And is it Oreo the dogs? What is it? How are you guys I'm guessing it's something to do with Ozzy. Oh, <laughs> no, he's just that Oreo crazy like train of whatever. I think I don't know. Bob yeah. Newhart Oreo is Bob Newhart, so maybe you know. Mm-hmm. Just saying. But welcome yeah. back to the show, you guys. Um, I, everyone, the Lion and the Rose Bed and Breakfast is in the historic Montfort district, and it is an amazing Victorian bed and breakfast. But these two innkeepers are not your grandma's innkeepers. However, they respect grandmas. <laughs> <laughs> and, but and grandpas and veterans and you guys are doing you do that program like I know Tiffany's bed and breakfast does it out in Hot Springs and and some of the bed and mm-hmm. breakfasts we've stayed and do this. Karen, tell us a little bit about that. So that is called B and B for vets. Um, it's something mm. that a bunch of our bed and breakfasts nationwide um, decide to give a free room or rooms to a veteran. In honor of Veterans Day, mm-hmm. we all choose the date accordingly, uh, whatever works for our schedule. But we do it as a, a random contest. So we have people just send their information, and we draw a winner. And our winner is actually coming in tomorrow for their free stay. Oh, awesome. that's awesome. awesome. Thank that's you awesome. for yeah. that. Thank you for that. Yeah, we, we awesome. enjoy it. it. it it's, it's nice to be able to give back. Both of our dads are veterans, so it's nice to give mm-hmm. back to those who served. And so they know we appreciate them and respect everything they've done. 
Oh, that is awesome. You know, and I want to go to, like, who do you want to give a shout-out to? Because today we're talking about veterans and those who've served in, in the past and now, you know. And I know Veterans Day is coming up November, yep. November 11th, and everyone, we have a special broadcast on that day, too. But, mm-hmm. you know, Veterans Day is those who are serving now and those who are living and those who have served that are alive. There's Memorial Day that's a little different, right, that we're, we're mm-hmm. honoring those who have passed. England yep. is Remembrance Day, and you'll hear that with Glenn Burroughs from Norfolk Tours in England later on in the show. But um, and we have Arlene Gould talking about her her, grand, her uncle Earl, right? Her whole family was involved in World War II and everything, but oh, wow. not, not all of them. Mm-hmm. But her uncle Earl mm-hmm. signed up for World War II when he was 14 years old. Oh, and snuck in and that 15 years old was on the USS Dude. Enterprise in the Pacific. Wow. Still alive my, today. My, and my best friend's dad, he did the same thing. He joined at, I think, 16 in the Navy in World War II just so he could go wow. with his buddies. <laughs> he was wow. in Japan and all that. So. That's amazing. Or in the South Pacific, anyways. Yeah. It is. Wow. Right? It really Crazy. is. Who who do you mm-hmm. want to give a shout out to and honor today, Steve? Well, me, oh my good friend uh, Captain Jay Schultz. He um, served a couple of tours in uh, Iraq mm-hmm. and Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and one of the funnier guys I know. And we love to hang out with him. He does stand up comedy sometime. And cool. if you're in Nashville and he's and he's doing it, I recommend checking him out. Cool. Wait, we haven't met him yet. Like seriously, no, you guys yeah, are not. You absolutely need to next time you're here. Are you yeah. kidding me? You've got a stand-up comedian? Like, like, are you kidding me? Hard time. Like, uh, hard time. Hard time. Cool. Yeah, but like, yeah. Cool. will he handle our nasty humor? Like, you know. Our oh, humor. are you kidding me? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> cool. <laughs> will we be able to handle him? Uh, I'm not that yeah. bad. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're the ones that we do all the crazy costume things with. We do all the fun events with them. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. You guys, you guys Christy, have been like busy, fun. especially mm-hmm. over Halloween. You guys were, like, how many costume changes? It's crazy cool. what you guys did. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> and this, how much think, fun is that? I think uh, you guys could do the Sound of Music right here because of the, the yeah. Oktoberfest outfits. The first thing I went, I was like, you guys could do the Sound of Music. <laughs> but like, do it like a like a naughty sound of music. I don't know sound of music. Yolo. Like a because the kids you can't do that to Julie. <laughs> no, but you saw them all dressed up all know. for Oktoberfest, and Karen's got her mm-hmm. little braids, and she's oh, all la, la, la. And then <laughs> then there's she's they're doing kids. No, but then they're doing kids. Who would do a better so, Julie Andrews, me or Karen? I know. I, <laughs> I don't know, but if you did, if you did. If you if you could mix Kiss and the Sound of Music for next year, I would really love that. The, I think I would fall hey, down that big old grass hill, though. I yeah, thought you could roll down there. Yeah, not by a purpose. And I love the Halloween decorations, too, by the way. I know we talked a little bit on the last show. And everyone, um, we host an Adventures in Asheville show every first Tuesday. So, the last Tuesday was off the hook crazy with musicians and theater folks. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can find it on a YouTube channel. It just, you guys have to all listen to this because it seems like there is a lot going on, man. What's, oh, there we're coming is, back definitely. Again. You know, we're mm-hmm. coming back and we're going to be there in December and now January. Yeah, and Burns, no. looking forward to it. It's Burns, Burnsville, it's, you know. Burnsville, <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. To the north of us. 
So, mm. okay, and that's in the mountains, right? That's where we're going to be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to love it. We we love that area. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So it's, it's the other opposite end of Chimney Rock, like, right? So Yeah, it's a, it's to the north. It's to the north. So um, we kind of gone that way on the parkway when we try to do some of the waterfall hikes we like up in that direction. It, it'll be part of Pisgah National Forest, but it's the northern side, side of it. The Pisca. Yep. The Pisca. The Pisca. So, like. Karen, who who do you want to get? The Pisca. The Pisca. The Pisca. Karen, who do you want to honor today? I I would like to honor my dad because he's an Army mm. veteran, and that's kind mm. of what, nice. you know, made me feel the respect and appreciation for our military and just um, want to give back and, and show them that, you know, we haven't forgotten them. We always remember them. We love them for everything they've given us. We wouldn't be where we are today without them. And to do it while they're here, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And to, to keep acknowledging, you know, and that's the thing, you know. Yes. It's, it's so important to do it while everyone is here and then mm-hmm. and to continue once they're passed, mm-hmm. you know. The, the right. World War Two too, we look at this and, and – you know, they're saying the greatest generation, you know, mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. I was the greatest generation just all on my own, but apparently not. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not going to say thought, anything. No, but then <laughs> then you go back and listen, when you go back into World War Two times and listen to the music, mm-hmm. it's pretty darn good. Just saying. Yeah. They had mm-hmm. some good lyrics. Mm-hmm. And True. Some, oh, I they did. Music. And I think their music was full of hope and love and simplicity mm-hmm. of life, of what is real. I agree. You know what I, you know what I mean when you go back mm-hmm. and listen to the 30s yeah. and 40s and 50s music, jazz yeah. and blues and soul. They had it. They had it. Mm-hmm. Everybody had definitely it at that time, and we've cluttered it up a little mm-hmm. bit, but we like that too. <laughs> yeah. Like a little clutter, <laughs> you know. But that's yeah. I love that what you're doing with the B and B and and giving a room a once a, once a month, right? Once a year. It's every so we do that. Year. We do that every November, and the date is usually around Veterans Day. Just according, mm. like I said, we all kind of choose whatever date works for us. Um, right now, for cool. the next two weeks, we are actually offering twenty percent off to any veterans or active military that want to stay with us. So cool. you just need to ask. Awesome, mm. awesome. That's so cool. everyone, the website for Stephen Karen, go to lion-rose.com lion-rose.com it's a very easy website to go to and then and the most important rock. thing is to actually go to the lion and the rose bed and breakfast and it's cool they have an amazing graveyard behind them I always talk about your graveyard it's like nice. it's almost like their own personal graveyard behind the house but they really have a lot of war heroes in that graveyard mm-hmm. that are resting and um so yep. go check it out I, I i'm not being light about it um it's an amazing place, and Asheville is a very historic and beautiful place. And so, go there. Thank you both for joining us and calling in early too on today's show. Thank you. No problem. And we'll see yep. you next next first Tuesday, December. We're going to have some. Can I another can I mention one more oh, thing? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, this doesn't have to do with anything with veterans, but we forgot on the last show we wanted to um, give a shout-out to Appalachian uh, Wildlife Rescue. It's a local oh, cool. place that helps. Uh, rehabilitate and release animals back into the wild. So whether it be squirrels, possums, whatever, 
Um, we were, we're partners with them, and they have an online auction coming up from November 7th to the 21st. Um, mm. One of the things you can donate to, to win is a gift certificate to stay here, and they have plenty of other things that you can bid on, and it all goes to their nonprofit. Awesome. Okay, so what's the yep. website for everybody? And thank you for remembering. <laughs> you yep. got me so my head back app. on straight here. <laughs> so everybody, like, go. So it, this is the is it app? It, what say the name again so of the Appalachian, association? Appalachian. It's AppalachianWild.org. Wow. It's not Appalachian. It's Appalachian. Appalachian. No, Appalachian. Correct. No, it's true. <laughs> they say they say they'll throw an Appalachia, right? Them be fighting words. Yep. So Appalachia. Appalachia. Yeah. Listen, yep. and you, listen. The, the fall colors are still out there in your area, right? In some like, yeah, it's starting. It's starting to fade now. We just had a, a wedding party this weekend, and luckily the leaves were still there for their beautiful pictures. But now they're starting cool. to blow off and definitely fading yeah. now. Yeah, uh, the wind is coming, and it's all. But, you know, yeah. some big heaps at the side of the road, like somebody raked them all up, but they didn't. But <laughs> I have discovered when the leaves are off the trees, if you're into bird watching, this is one of the best times, and you will see bald eagles True. in certain areas. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. Very cool. Does that yes. happen Autumn for you guys in your area at this time of year? Bald eagle sightings? Or is that I've bald summer? eagles actually during the fall leaves, like when we've been driving on the mm-hmm. Blue Ridge Parkway. So like October, right now we've seen, we're seeing a lot. We get the holly berries, so we're seeing a lot of birds come through to pick at those. Mm, cool. They yeah, want we'll get the swarms of robins berries. after those. But yeah. Lake James has the bald eagles. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Not too far down the road from us. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we'll see you mm-hmm. guys soon. We're going to see you in December. Can you believe it? I know. I'm excited. Like, We're excited. What is this? What is this? We just keep coming back. We're like a bad penny. <laughs> Seriously, I can't wait. Nancy can't wait. We're, we're like, Mm-mm. we'll see you soon. And that means Sounds we need good. to go to Rock Bottom. Isn't that the place? The Rock Bottom? Rock, rock, what, is, what? what is the place that we went to? Rock Bottom? Bottom Rock? Bottom? Oh, yeah. Rock? What is it? That Creekside place, right? Or no? Oh, Oh, Bold Rock. Bold Rock. Bold Rock. rock. I keep calling it Bottom Rock or Rock Bottom. Oh, okay. Bold Rock. Maybe after too many ciders, you hit Rock Bottom? Yeah, really. I never hit Rock Bottom. You like your cat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll see you soon, guys. Thanks for calling in. Thank you so much. And we'll see you soon. Thanks for having us. No problem. See you you later, later. Look forward to it. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, so we're going to go on to our next favorite, Steve. We had Steve and Karen Wilson there from the Lion and the Rosebud and Breakfast, but our next favorite, Steve, too, has been on our shows for years, and that's Steve Schneikert. And since today is a show about veterans, we're going into the vault because years ago we did a show in Julian, California, where we used to live, but we did a special show I think it was the 4th of July weekend, Nancy, or Memorial mm-hmm. Day, one of the, you know, yeah. it was a special show. And we went to the American Legion, and we did the mm-hmm. show there. And Julian is in San Diego, California, up in the mountains. Apple pie is what they're famous for. And we did a show at the Legion. They made us a, our own bomb shelter so we could air live. I know. That was so cool. And I remember going outside, and we met veterans, uh, veterans from all mm-hmm. wars. Yeah. World War II, Vietnam. 
mm-hmm. uh, current yeah. wars, uh, Gulf War, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it was probably one of the most moving experiences we mm-hmm. had. And Steve recorded a special Hollywood history. Steve Schneider mm-hmm. is, you know, our Hollywood historian here on Big Blend Radio, and he recorded this special Hollywood history segment. And so I thought today we'd, we'd play it. What do you think, Nancy? Yeah, I think you should. Okay, here it is. I'm trying. (laughs) That's not the music. It's doing it anyway. Okay. Hey, sounds like Julian. Oh, beautiful. Four spacious skies. Four purple mountain majesties. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. It is an honor to be a part of this auspicious occasion. Thank you, Nancy Reed and Lisa Smith. I would like to dedicate my Hollywood history segment to Julian Post 468, son of the American Legion, Warrior Foundation, and Freedom Station, to past, present, and future men, women, and canine veterans. Thank you for keeping our freedom alive and keeping us out of harm's way. To comply with the time limitations within my segment, I would hopefully entertain you with Hollywood history during World War II. This is no joke. This is war. World War II has begun. Over there, over there, bum 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 bum. 7 December 1941, a day that will live in infamy. Germany and Italy have announced they are at war with the United States. America immediately responded by declaring war on the two Axis powers. Three days ago, U.S. President Franklin Roosevelt announced America was at war with Japan, the third Axis power, following the surprise attack on its naval base at Pearl Harbor. I'll be seeing you. Don't sit under the apple tree. I'll be home for Christmas. There's no place like home, click, click. There's no place like home, click, click. Since television was neither an entity or possession in one's home at the time, families flocked around their radios or went to their local movie theaters to view the updates of the war via Movie Tones Updates. Immediately, Hollywood studios began producing and filming war stories. Many movie stars left Hollywood to enlist in the armed forces Fight for the Country, James Stewart, Clark Gable, Alan Ladd, Jack Lemmon, Burt Lancaster, producer Norman Lear, just to name a few. In Hollywood, the Hollywood Canteen opened and was sponsored and attended by many, many of the leading actresses to entertain our troops while home on leave. Pinup girl posters were printed up to entertain our troops while abroad. Lauren Bacall, Betty Davis, Avon DiCarlo, Ava Gardner, Susan Hayward, Rita Hayworth, and most notable was Betty Grable. 
Big names of the music industry and entertainment field flew to the Pacific and Europe to entertain our troops and nurses. Bob Hope, thanks for the memories. Al Jolson, toot, toot, tootsie, don't cry. Oh, mammy. Glenn Miller, in the mood. Tommy and Jimmy Dorsey, tangerine. The Andrew sisters, boogie woogie boogie boy of company B. Jane Froman, with a song in my heart. Benny Goodman. And Lawrence Welk, a wanna and a tua. This historical event of World War II has spawned hundreds of films, several of them brilliant. To name a few, Since You Went Away, The Story of G.I. Joe, The Best Years of Our Lives, Sands of Iwo Jima, The Green Berets, 30 Seconds Over Tokyo, The Great Escape, From Here to Eternity, The Bridge on the River Kwai. (laughs) Patent, Saving Private Ryan, Flags of Our Fathers, and the list goes on and on. Unfortunately, there were some casualties that saddened the Hollywood community during the war. The first female casualty was Carol Lombard on 16 July 1942, Leslie Howard on 1 June 1943, and Glenn Miller on 15 December 1944. War seemed to never end. I feel truly blessed to live in America, and I am grateful to all veterans past, present, and future. America, America, from sea to shining sea. I am Steve Schneikert, and this is Hollywood history as I recall it. And ladies and gentlemen, we do have Mr. Steve Schneikert here with us on Big Blend Radio. Welcome back, Steve. How are you? Doing well, Nancy and Lisa. Hey. It's so good to hear your voice. I know. I, we've been waiting for it. And then, like, going back, in, that was the vault. We really went into the vault for that. that yeah, that's the like... first time I've heard it in the original time. 2014? Yeah. 2013? Yeah. I think. Yeah, it was an early one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was talking, and it wasn't it wasn't Fourth of July. It was I think it was for Memorial Day. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, or Labor Day. It was. Hmm, no, it was it, um, Memorial, Memorial Day. Day. Yeah. yeah, and what an amazing! And I remember that event being so. Is one of those events when you talk to people who've been through war and you're just like, yeah, you better hold yourself together because they held themselves <gasps> together. You know what I mean? That's they went right. through it. 
you didn't and you want to cry because of what they went through, but you are not allowed to, <laughs> you know, and your, your Hollywood history segment touched so many people just in that bomb shelter that they made us, but also the audience on, online. And, and it, it, that was, I think that's one of your best pieces, honestly. Thank you. Yeah. It was, it was fun to do because mm. it was emotional. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. There was a lot what? of heart put into it. To you, right? Didn't your dad yes. serve? Oh yes, in World mm. War II and the Korean War. Mm. Wow! Wow! And then mm. he retired a full colonel. Oh wow! Cool. Yeah, actually, in 1967, uh, he went away to school to get the rank of general. But then, uh, due to unfortunate circumstances, he was hospitalized and then sent home. So he couldn't do it. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Oh, well. Was, was it he, meant to he, be? You, did you mm-hmm. have him in mind for honoring today for veterans or somebody else? Him, absolutely. Well, yeah, absolutely. your daddy. Yeah, your dad. Mm. You know, it's, it's when you think about, like, Hollywood history too that connects to that personal. I mean, what family wasn't connected to World War Two or World War One, the Korean War, Vietnam? We all were, and we are all still connected with what's going on with the Gulf War, right? Right. And I think that's what happens with Nancy's all out. So I think a cat just walked up Nancy's leg. <laughs> just, everybody, we are airing live from Tunkanic, Pennsylvania, just so you know. And we are taking care of, like, a, a brood of kittens. Seriously. So when Nancy goes, oh, I know a kitten just jumped up and walked up her leg. Um, am I right, Nancy? Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Still hanging there. Yeah, and Ow. hanging. <laughs> Nancy it, loves those pussy cats. I do. Yes, she does. What's new, pussy cat? Whoa. Oh. <laughs> In fact, we played that for them every morning. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. And they all we look do. at us like, the new thing is you're going to feed me, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, that's how it happens. So you're going to stay on the line while we bring Ward Heinrichs on the show, Steve? Sure. Oh, good. Cool. Stay tuned. So, Ward Heinrichs is the San Diego employment attorney and also veteran, a Marine veteran. And Ward is on our show every fourth Wednesday with Employment Law News of California. And you know, California is full of actual news. Like, there's things happening nonstop in California. But the most important thing is Ward has done so much work. Welcome back to the show. Ward, how are you? Thank you, Lisa. I am doing well. I have to say that we're seeing some rain here, and uh, we're all Ooh. happy about that in San Diego. That yeah, is awesome. You need it. That is, that yeah, is we have so the rain here in San Jose, too. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow, so it's a big storm. Mm. Wow. Cool. It's going to wow. be bigger tomorrow, apparently, as I understand. I've yeah, heard that the, before. Poll day is supposed to be a day where you definitely want to bring your umbrellas if you're going to vote in person. Mm. Right. And everybody goes. And by vote. the way, Ward, <laughs> thank you for your service. Yes. Oh, well, thank you. Absolutely. And uh, I'm assuming that you, I hadn't heard this, Steve, but I heard that, uh, but I'm assuming that you are were also in the service. Actually, no, I wasn't. 
My draft number was mm. 332, and I had had rheumatic fever. So <laughs> okay, no. yeah, so back but in my the two Vietnam brothers, days. Yep, yep, yep. Right, mm. but my two brothers and my dad were mm. veterans. Well, that's that's good. That's great to have the history like that in your family. I have some of that too in my family. I had two mm-hmm. uncles that served. And and thank you, Ward. And and how did you go into the military? What what led you there? Uh, well, really, here's here's no. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly story. Um, a bunch of my fraternity brothers and I were sitting around drinking beer, and this Uh-oh. the one who's, who's kind of yeah, the crazy leader the said, "Hey, here's what we're gonna do. We're all gonna uh, do the Marine yeah. Corps. Uh, it's not boot Ooh. camp. It was called platoon leaders class back then, and so that's something mm-hmm. you did when you were in college during the summers. Wow. It's not ROTC. It's it's uh, almost. I mean, it's very similar to boot camp. I mean the physical shape I came back in after that was amazing. I was in great shape. They really worked you hard. You did all sorts mm. of leadership skill things too. So I did that in one summer, and then I um, then the recruiter came by and said, "Hey, you know, what are you going to do? We want to know." I said, "Okay, yeah, I'm in." So really, that's really how it happened, and I uh, was in wow. just about a year later, you know, uh, on active duty. Wow. Mm. Wow, on active duty. So tell us about that. Like, where did you go? How? What happened? Like, going into it. Well, all right. So in the Marine Corps, um, you go to the basic school if you're an officer, and that's a six-month school where it's really leadership training. And you learn all sorts of different skills, um, orienteering, which means using a compass in the dark and uh, things like that, and then mm-hmm. uh, tactics, battlefield tactics, and some logistics. And so there are many different types of skills that are used in making a combat-driven um, core go. And so we touched on almost all of those. Um, and so after that six months, then you've got you know you've got a good building block, and then you go out to the what we call the fleet, and you put some of those skills uh, to use there. Wow. Oh, but you know before that though, oh, I forgot. I was an artillery officer. I went to Fort Sill yeah. for almost a year. That's a long huh. school. It's artillery training. Wow. But now, yeah, so I was in school the, for uh, almost a year and a half. Fort Sill, where is that? Where is that located? That's in Oklahoma. Dude, we're going to go there now. Like, I'm serious. We're going to go there next year. We're going to go to Fort Sill just, just for you. We're, oh, we're, we're, awesome. I'm serious. We're going to go there. We're going to go there. Cause we're doing this whole thing on this, the historic Jefferson Highway. Seriously. It goes yeah. from Winnipeg to New Orleans. It's the oldest road, vacation road, in this, in North America before Route 66, and it's a revival, and we're part of it, and we're going to do it, and we're going to go to Fort Sill now. Oh, yeah. I've seen some of those um, different, uh, well, not advertisements, but announcements about that road. What did you call that again? The Jefferson Jefferson Highway. Jefferson, that's it. Yeah, Jefferson Highway. Jefferson Highway, yes. And so Lincoln Highway, which we were on the other night, and we got totally, I don't even want to talk about what we did on the Lincoln Highway, but Lincoln wouldn't be impressed. (laughs) But listen, I want to tell you, Ward, Ward, I got pulled over in a cornfield in Indiana 
Where were you to help me? For oh, lawyer board. I, Listen, I, I got out yeah, of it. Yeah, I spent many a uh, uh, weekend oh. night in cornfields in Indiana. So now I you get know. it. It happened. I got yeah. pulled over and I got out of it. Do I get points for that? You do. Uh, I never got out of it. Oh, one time I did. One time uh, uh, the officer <laughs> it was at Indiana University. And I was going to Wabash College, and I'll get into all that stuff later. But uh, he he. Pulled me over. I forget what I did. Maybe I was speeding a little bit or something. And he yanked my license out and wrote on the back and said, "If if you if this guy gets another stop, give him a ticket." <laughs> so oh, I guess I got off on that one. Printed okay. out a actual yeah, right on of the back my of warning. I got no, a printed warning came. out of his cop car. Yeah, like, he went and he. I don't know if he has a fax machine or what in his car, but he came out with a printed, like I have a printed by eleven sheet. A warning. Wow. Two page warning out of his car. We've obviously not been pulled over in a long and time. So but we're to like, get out in a cornfield is a whole other yeah. deal. So <laughs> here we are. Yeah, it's he, different. <laughs> it's different, but how did he print stuff in his car? And let me just tell everybody if you go on a country road in Indiana, it's 50 miles, not 55 like the rest of the country. Oh, no, it's no, 50. No, this is how it works. It's 50 miles for five miles, then 55 for five miles. And they're not talking miles about construction zones. For five miles. And every time there's a twist in the road, it goes down to 50. So the speed limit changes every five miles. So that they can make money. And it, it, yeah, I know there are roads I, like that in Indiana. But it's, it's usually linked to small towns, and some of them are yes. so small you don't even know you're going through mm-hmm. a town. But they're very so you're just polite. going along and you're happy and, and you're still going 55 and yeah, it's, yeah. You know, but listen, might even we be did 45. get a courthouse photo for you. We did go to a courthouse. We did mm-hmm. go to a lake. We had a, a wonderful time uh, on, and then I got pulled over. <laughs> but before that, I, we did we did our due diligence of one song. It's a new song called "I Got Pulled Over in a Cornfield." I know. <laughs> I did, but but this is but you, so you go in this whole military thing. You ended up in Hawaii though with this, right? I mean, from the cornfields to Hawaii. I'm just going there. Oh, yeah, that was the right. roundabout way of introducing that you went from a cornfield well, to Hawaii. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's a good segue for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. After Fort Sill, after I did my um, artillery training, Actually, then wait, I wait, went. Wait, 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 wait. Uh-uh. For Ward, it's really Fort Sill. Sorry. Well, we're probably talking about two different places then, because this know. is Just Fort. Kidding. So we used to call it Fort Silly, but oh. you know, Marines acting up. I like that. Um, yeah, and then <laughs> so as soon as that was over, then I uh, shipped out to Hawaii, which was really cool. I mean, all of a sudden you get in there and it's and you're cool. going, oh, this is so tropically great. <laughs> you're thinking this is going to be great, and it was. It was a great place to be stationed and a great place for awesome. artillery too, because then we go to the Big Island which has between the two mountains, Mount Akea and Mount Aloha, and they're both about 14,000 feet above sea level. And actually, yeah. it's the lar- they're the largest mountains in the world because if you go all the way down to the bottom of the ocean where they start, oh. it, it's, yeah, they're bigger. They're like 33,000, so they're like 4,000. Wow. Than, yeah. I thought Kilimanjaro was. Oh. No, because no, it's in the okay. middle of the continent. This is like from the bottom of the ocean all the way to the peak of at that 14,000 oh, okay. feet. Anyway, cool. so between those two peaks... You have a lot of lava rock and <laughs> desert. There's not a lot of rain gets in there. You know, some, but not a lot. It's not tropical. And mm. that was a great place to shoot artillery. There's just there's basically nothing out there. 
So when you're doing it, okay, so I know you were in artillery, so that means you're, like, shooting guns? Are you doing cannons? What are you doing with artillery? Yeah. Yeah, well, we shot howitzers, which is a type of cannon. Yeah. And we would okay, carry wait, wait, small wait, wait. arms in. So cannon, cannons, when we think of cannons, we see the old people running around in the old times, like, carrying them and dragging them across a field. You're not doing that, right? Well, they're either mechanized, so they kind of look like a tank. Uh, we didn't have that Ooh. type. We had what uh, the type of um, howitzer that was pulled behind a truck. Oh, so you had trucks, so that we did upgrade from human to So human. Yeah, no, you didn't have to push them. You didn't have to pull them. No, the, yeah, you had vehicles pulling them. You didn't, like, take the round ball and shove it down the snout? No, you didn't have to do that. The, the breach is in the back, and you open it up from the back, and you oh. throw in the the charge, and you throw in the projectile, and you close it oh. up, and Boom. then then when uh, everyone gets the all clear, then you, they pull the lanyard. And I don't even know if they do that anymore. I really haven't kept on the, up on the technology. That yeah, I wonder if that's mostly what automatic we do Camp Pendleton all the time when we lived in San Diego. Like, we, we used yeah. to live in Vista, and Camp Pendleton was our backyard. You know, I know that Camp Pendleton is in Oceanside, California, but, like, we would hear, like, oh, yeah. kaboom. Mm-hmm. I, I hear them from where I live, and I live in really? city of San Diego. Yeah, and there's yeah. some nights if the conditions, the climatic conditions are not the climatic, the yeah. uh, arrow, you know, anyway, the conditions outside are right, then mm-hmm. um, you can hear them all the way from Camp Pendleton, which is, yeah. well, what, 50 miles from where I am? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's mm-hmm. not that far. Yeah, yeah. But the big boom. But Camp Pendleton is impressive. It is. It's isn't the largest amphibian base. I think it is. Am I Boy, that may that be. Right? It is very large, and I'm going to say, yeah, it's probably square miles wise the yeah. largest marine hmm. base. But boy, Twenty Nine Palms is big too. Yeah, we yeah. live well, there I don't too. Know. I don't. We live there too. Like I'm going to say, Pendleton is probably larger. Camp Pen- well, uh, no, one is the amphibian and mm-hmm. one's the largest. This they they both have a large thing going on. Mm-hmm. That sounds really bad, but it's true. But like honestly, our band, our drummer <laughs> from our band was in in uh, on the base. And we would go on the base all the time, and it was kind of freaky. They were always like, "I'm taking your license and checking you out," you know. But um, we well, we went on fine. there all the. We went to school. We did interviews mm-hmm. on the school on on base. And that's when I realized, like, we did the the musician go visit friends and family thing. We've done gigs. Our band did gigs on, and Camp Pendleton had its own beach um, that we performed at as a and band. One of our band members was part of the military, and he stole the car. We don't need to talk about that right now. Marines on holiday. Yeah. We stole a van, and then we, you know, that's a whole other story. We do not need to be putting on the air. And even Ward, as an attorney, would say, "Don't tell it on the air." Right, Ward? Do not tell it on the air. <laughs> but it's well, really yeah, it's take, all over with now. But it's fun. It's all over with. It was a fun story. Sounds sound great. And there, there are some good beaches that are connected with Camp Pendleton for sure, and they use them for amphibious assaults. Oh. I've seen that. I've actually seen some of that. Did mm. we were playing underneath like um like I felt like we were playing it was just a whole different gig when we played on the beach and on Camp Pendleton. They had yeah. like we had like the 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 cloth that went over the stadium that we were performing. Camouflage on. Had, is what like, you're it trying was to camo, say. Camo, camo gear. Like we were yeah, in that camo. and it was mm. so different. 
Mm-hmm. And it was like this whole, it was like a whole different performance. Do you knew who you were playing to and you gave cool. everything you had in your cool. body and soul because, and, and then it was like, dude, let's roll up on stage. We're going to roll from here to here. Like people were like the band was, we were being like, dude, like these are, these are people who do shit, you know? Oopsie. Sorry, I said it again. Um, but we did. But we, no, but you know what I mean? Hello. We were so like, we wanted to give everything we had to the audience so much. It wasn't a USO tour. Like, we weren't that, but it was Oceanside. It was our community. It was our family, you know what I mean? And it meant everything. It was mm-hmm. probably one of, and, and our band was breaking up at the time, but it was <laughs> more important that we did that gig really well than our band breaking up. You know what I mean? Even though it was breaking well, up, it was like we all did I'm it. I'm sure all the Marines loved it. So they oh, they did. Thank did. you. We, no, they did. They really, and the crowd, I mean, it was awesome. They responded to everything, and everybody got wild and crazy. So, so Ward, <laughs> Ward, um, yes. who are you honoring today? We want, we're honoring you. Oh, because you rock. that's right. Well, I thank mean, you. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pick my brother because mm. he uh, – it's hard to even say he was a Marine because he retired as a Marine, so he's always mm. a Marine. Uh, he did 22 years. He uh, wow. was a, is a Mustang, which meant that he started enlisted and then became an officer. Uh, ended wow. up with the rank of major, and then now he's uh, living in Alabama and Huntsville mm. and mm. Oh, yeah. uh, working as a contractor. Wow. Oh. We him there. in the military or just general? Oh, he's not in the military any longer. No, now he's, mm. yeah, he's, he's a civilian contract. employee. But he uses civilian. his military experience. And that's why they had him because, you know, he has 22 experience, 22 years yeah, well, of experience in the Marine Corps. You know, there's a trust factor. But if somebody served in the military, there's a trust factor that um, it, it goes beyond. Like there's the you honor them, but there's oh, it goes beyond that. There, there's factor. yes, I agree with that. Uh, mm. And of course, contractors like former military because mm. of the military experience. But co- what part of what comes with that is what you call trust factor. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there is, I, I think there's a heightened sense of honor and mm-hmm. integrity. And that's a big right. word in the Marine Corps, integrity. And yeah. so, yeah, I think I think employers, uh, civilian employers, do respect that. Mm. They and and they should because it's there and it's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. No, yeah. I, and, yep. and listen, Ward. I know, and, and you know what, what you do in work in representing job, like people working, and then the actual companies hiring them. You do both, and you have a lot of integrity, and you get real about it. And I, really, we honor you. So thank you. Well, thank you well, for your thank service you. and what you do, dude. Well, dude, you rock. Like, are we like to just say that? Like, dude, you rock. Like, you're, and yes, you, you have can so much say fun that. with you on our shows. Oh <laughs> my God, Steve, Steve Schneider, you know. Yes. Ward is you fun rock, on the show. Ward. He does, I'm right? A big fan. He rocks. I'm a big fan. Thanks, no, Steve. I appreciate I, it. I look at I look at how many people listen, and I'm going. 
he's doing California employment law. It's not just like an attorney of the world and all these different things. No, one specific thing. And I'm going, all these people are listening to Ward, and they dig it, and they enjoy it, and you're helping people all the time with what you do. And, and so we honor you, and we honor your service that you've done for this country. So thank you so much, and go have a beer, because you're well, going to go have a beer for us, too. <laughs> They, oh, speaking of beer, Ooh, I uh, I brewed two batches of beer in the last month. My buddy oh, cool. decided to get back on it, and I said, all right, I'm in. And um, mm. so I may be able to – no, what was that name we came up with? Remember that show dirty we did? Like six, the Dirty Godiva? Yeah, dirty Godiva. I'll have to name one of them Dirty Godiva. <laughs> <laughs> one pitch that we did years ago, and, and Steve and Karen that were just on the, in, earlier on the show – they did a dirty Godiva, and then you were supposed to do one too. So we need to, we need to taste off. I, I think we you. need to have one day. One day we're gonna have to have a big blend radio party where everybody actually meets in person, and okay. the beer must flow. I, I'm serious. Hey, you guys, you have to have your beer. Steve from uh, Lion in the Rose Bed and Breakfast has to have his beer, and Chef Jeremy Steve. needs to. Cater the whole it's, thing. It's a chain. I can send you a label, Ward, for your beer. Yeah. Nobody wants do. to see Nancy's label. It's gross. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, you do not want to, you know, when they say about people having tattoos and then they get elder and then, like, you what? see it, like, and they start to sag? That's a, that's the thing. No, well, of, there's two. There's something there's, sag. There's you know, young, no, there's it's sagging. A young, dirty Godiva, and there's it's a, a dirty one. Okay, listen. It's a before and after label. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, just send know, me a copy. Uh, I'll I'll take a look at it. How about that? Okay. You brought up beer and then it went south, but it was good. But listen, thank you so much. And Steve Schneikert, thank yes. you so much too for your Hollywood history and for your family's history. And always thank fun, you. both of you, for joining us. Uh, we're gonna have more. Hey, listen. We're going to have a Christmas party, so everybody stay tuned for that because, you know, we get naughty on Christmas, right? <laughs> you never know what Santa will put in your stocking. So, anyway, stay tuned for that with Steve. I know Ward will be part of it. I know Steve will be part of it in some way, somehow. Yep. <laughs> Something will happen. But thank you, guys, and uh, have a rest of – enjoy the week. It's Monday, right? Enjoy yep. the week. Yeah, we sure will. Looking forward to tomorrow. See what, see how th- everything goes. All right, you yep. take care, Ward. Thank you. Take care, Ward. Okay, thank you. you thank too. you, ladies. Bye. Thank you, Ward. Thank you, Steve. Bye. You're right, welcome, Steve. Gonna... Thank you. Bye bye. Here's a little music for all those who have served in America. This is called Colors of the USA by Doreen Taylor. And you can go to DoreenTaylorMusic.com. Take a listen. <laughs>
Everyone, again, that was Doreen Taylor with Colors of the USA that she wrote with the National Parks Conservancy, uh, National Parks Conservancy Association. They are NPCA, and I'm just used to saying NPCA, but um, it's an amazing song, right, Nancy? I love that song. I love that song. It's it's like if we ever had to have a second national anthem, I would vote for I that. I would vote for that. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. And um, she has done so much for mm. veterans in music. Uh, she's out in awesome. Pennsylvania, New Jersey area, and she has done a ton, so many fundraisers. Uh, so DoreenTaylorMusic.com, people, go check her out, get her music. Uh, she's now a DJ. She's now a, a, a radio host um, out there, too. She's doing so much. So cheers to you, Doreen, and everyone that you have touched in your lives and, and the music that you've done. We're going to move on. And uh, Arlene um, Gould is a good friend of ours. We uh, do a, a Visit Natchitoches, Louisiana show every second, is, is it second or third, third Tuesday? <laughs> So check it out. Um, anyway, so she's on our show all the time. And her, this story is incredible. Her family history is absolutely amazing. And it's every second Tuesday, everybody. I'm just getting it straight. Every second Tuesday, Natchitoches is on the show. Natchitoches, Louisiana. It's the oldest settlement. So here it is, Arlene's story with her family um, it's incredible. Take a listen. All right. So we're talking about Veterans Day and honoring those who have served now and or are serving now and have served in the past. And um, on this show today, we're going to be chatting with Arlene Gould. You hear her on our shows every third Tuesday. She is the Director of Tourism for the Natchitoches CVB, the Convention and Visitor Bureau. Natchitoches is the oldest city in Louisiana. It is one of our favorite favorite places and uh, so excited to have Arlene Gould back on the show but to talk a little bit about her family history which ties back to New Orleans so welcome back Arlene how are you oh I'm doing very well thank you and thank you for having me on the show to honor our veterans and so we heard that you have some special people to honor in fact your family history like we need to do a whole other show just on this Um, your family history is amazing (laughs) But your family history stems from New Orleans. It does. Um, My great-grandfather, we actually traced uh, the 1880 United States Census, um, and the first documentation we have is him in the United States, uh, in Louisiana, uh, and it says on his um, census that he came from Spain. He was born in Spain, and he was 42 years of age at the time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, since 1880, um, wow. going back that far. And so wow. I think cool. we're, we're probably like 10 generations maybe in since mm-hmm. my great-grandfather. Because uh, I think I'm mm, – yeah, it's it's a, quite a few generations of our family in Louisiana now. But we do know that he came from Spain. So Or that's wow. cool. in the United States census anyway. Cool. So, so so let's talk about your, your dad, uh, Gerard, right? He sent us photos. Yeah. I don't know if we can show these later for people, but um, we can talk about that later. But the, your your dad served in World War II and the Korean conflict. No, right? 
Actually, uh, no, actually, my, my father, who was the youngest of seven sons, my daddy was the seventh son, uh, they had 10 children in his family, seven boys and three girls. Uh, so I had a large uh, family of aunts and uncles and a whole wow. lot of cousins. <laughs> but my dad was the youngest of the seven sons, and he and uh, the brother, we called him Uncle Brother, the two of the youngest sons, they served in the Korean conflict, but mm. the other five of my uncles all served in World War II. And I mm. actually, I didn't mention this, but I have a copy of the draft card from my grandfather, my father's father, from um, 1915 or 1918, from, I think it was 1915, from wow. World War I. World War wow. I. Oh, my gosh. So, Wow. Oh my gosh! But they and did. They all served. Mm. Mm. It's interesting to me that they're, you know, based out of New Orleans, and yet you've got one of the like iconic World War II museums in New Orleans too, which I don't Absolutely. think people would realize that, like, you know, New Orleans. We mm-hmm. think, you know, let's yep. let's go to, let's go to Mardi Gras and, and uh, Jazz Fest. But, in French Street, right? No, it is a world-class, beautiful, wonderful museum. I would highly recommend it to anyone. Uh, I actually grew up about 10 blocks from where the World War II Museum is located, right there near the Irish Channel between the, the Central Business District and what we refer to as the Irish Channel near the Mississippi River. But uh, it is. It's a beautiful, beautiful campus and facility. Uh, I think there's like eight buildings now or eight Wow. Um, but it's and I I mean if you haven't been, put it on your list. It's it's a it's a must do. Mm. So so your family, I mean you, you, in New Orleans, here's this. It's amazing to me about the museum being there. But you know the the history of New Orleans is so amazing too. Um, but you're saying that um, so they served in World War Two, the Korean conflict, World War One, and then you said your uncle Clarence received a Purple Heart. He did. Um, wow. He was injured cool. and, and, and during World War II and uh, came home and was ordered a Purple Heart and, uh, and also a medal, another medal, too. I'm not sure which, but uh, he received a couple of, of honors and for his service. But um, uh, And then I have another uncle on my mother's side, uh, my Uncle Earl. He enlisted in the Navy in 1944. At the age of fourteen years old. Wow! And no way. Seriously? Yeah, I heard that wasn't uncommon back in those days. You know, I guess you know they wanted to serve their country, so he 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 went uh, to I believe wow. San Diego, uh, and he was actually on the USS Enterprise out in the Pacific, and uh, during um, 1944, and he turned fifteen during the month of February. He enlisted in January when he was 14, but he always tells me, but I turned 15 the next month in February. <laughs> like that made wow. a big difference. But, That's um, amazing. He actually came home. I think they busted him when they found out he was like that young. But when he came home, he uh, became a merchant Marine. And he tells me stories because he's still living. He's 92 now. And he's my only surviving uncle. But wow. he tells me stories and I, and I'm, 
I'm smart enough, I should say, to record him as he's talking uh, on video and, and documenting his stories. But he tells me about all his travels as a merchant marine, especially during World War II when he was delivering materials to rebuild, uh, well, uh, Europe. And in particular, he went to Italy quite a few times. Wow. Wow. So, so I have a funny story so about the Italy thing. Oh, you know, I he tell me about one of his favorite places was Castle Lamar, Italy. You know, I guess he remembered it because he went there multiple times and brought materials there. So I recently went to Italy and uh, I was at Pompeii. Well, I flew into Naples and we took this uh, charter bus and we were going on the highway and we were going towards the Amalfi Coast. And it was the strangest thing. I looked out the window and y'all, I'm telling you, I get chills even repeating it. The first exit ramp that I saw Castle Lamar. And I thought, mm. oh my gosh, that's the place Uncle, you know, Dude. we call him Uncle Black. But that's the place he told me was his favorite. It gives me chills just even repeating it. It just, I just happened to look out the window and there it was, as big and plain as day. Castle Lamar. Oh, exit. You should have oh gone. <laughs> yeah. Gone. Well, we were on a group tour and it was right yeah. near Pompeii. Uh, we arrived yeah. on Friday, and then that Sunday we went to Pompeii. So we did go back towards Castle Lamar, and I was looking for it because it's like, I know it's right here. I know it's right here. <laughs> so I did. I took a picture of the sign. It was, it, it we came out perfect. Cool. Oh, cool. so. Wow. wow. So it's amazing yeah, that so he's still, Uncle Black still, he's still living. Wonderful stories. Yeah. Well, mm. he is one of, you know, uh, you know, Mike Guardia, who's, you know, co hosting the show with us, um, he, talks about you know this this is the greatest generation you know and you mm. know they're leaving us pretty quickly now it's, we're at that era yeah, change or yeah. um, age group change and so for you to still have your uncle earl is is really special but yeah. i know that um he's living in, in in lafitte louisiana and the hurricanes have not been nice to lafitte as as we've heard <laughs> and talked with you because no, did, did your family have your yeah you had your own they, he, uh, he had four feet of water in his house towards the, oh. um, he lives with his son and he has an apartment, you know, their house is, you know, my cousin's house is raised because it's not the first hurricane they've been through. I mean, they've been through Katrina and the whole nine yards, but um, yeah, so for Hurricane Ida, he was upstairs with his son, but he did have four feet of water downstairs in his apartment. But they uh-huh. rebuilt it, and he's back in his house, and he's happy as can be. He lives right there on the waterway, on the intercoastal waterway, and all the boats coming and going. And so he's mm-hmm. he's at peace there. He likes it there, you know. Oh. But um, I took him to the World War II Museum. He had never been, and he grew up in that area where the museum is located. And they happened to have an exhibit on the Merchant Marines, and they had um, actually mm. a photograph of the USS Enterprise. Because it's a lot of walking and stuff, we, you know, we rolled him around in the wheelchair, and we bought him, you know, a little World War II Navy hat. So, you know, we were we were taking real good care of him. But when we got to the picture on the wall of the USS Enterprise, he started telling us stories and showing us where he was stationed on the ship. Oh, Y'all wow. were like E.F. Hutton speaking. Everybody stopped in the museum and was leaning in so they could listen to the story. That's cool. But. Uh, yeah, it was. It was pretty cool. So I took him to the World awesome. War II Museum. Yeah, wow. it was. It was really awesome. That's so. amazing. I, I'm so glad that his home is back normal and everything, too. 
You know, it's, uh, yeah. but, oh my gosh, what a, what a life, you know, what a life. And to still be close to the water too, that's, that's pretty cool. I, I love that. That's awesome. Well, thank well, you we so much. Well, we always joked and laughed when we, when we found out, you know, he'd gone through the hurricane and he, you know, everything was fine, but we knew he went through a real rough time because they didn't have power or anything for days. Yeah. And we always laughed and said, well, he's been through World War II. He's been through a lot. He can handle anything. And that's what they all, even his son said, this is one tough cookie. You know, we can't break him, you know? Mm. <laughs> so, uh, but thank y'all for having me and let me talk about my uncles and even my cousins. I've had several cousins that served in, you know, uh, Vietnam and you know all these other conflicts, but we um, we're very thankful for all of those who have served before us and currently. And um, yeah, I think that it's only right that we we honor and and, and you know thank them appropriately. Sometimes you know, there's absolutely you know. I I, I want to just before you go uh, just touch on this that you do have a veterans park in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Like you are the oldest veteran, so when do. we talk about those who have uh, served, obviously, you know, Natchitoches had a fort. Um, it was uh, the final destination on the El Camino uh, de los Tejas National Historic Trail. Did I say that right? <laughs> it's late night here. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, and um, also part of no man's land, which had no rule at one point. But there's a lot of military right. history. So that veteran yeah. park is beautiful. As I recall, fountains and you know, there, it's just a, a peaceful place to go, it and it's right next yep. to Lazion's Meat Pie Shop. It It is. It's right next to Lazion's Meat Pie Restaurant. It sure is on 2nd Street, and, um, you know, it's filled with bricks. People, you know, have honored their loved ones in bricks, and just like at the World War II Museum in New Orleans, it's filled with bricks with names of people, of, you know, that they want to honor and, and, and keep their, their loved ones in memory. Um, and, you know, so um, the Veterans Park in Natchez is a quaint little park. It's small, but it's very quaint. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Everybody, you got to go to Natchez. So I'm going to give out the website, right? Everybody, com, And that is N-A-T-C-H-I-T-O-C-H-E-S.com. <laughs> okay, so check it out. You got it's, it's, it. I got mm-hmm. it. I got it. So check that out, but also thank you so much for sharing your family story, and uh, we definitely raise a toast to your uh, mm-hmm. family, uh, really. Your, your, the men in your family who have served have definitely <laughs> uh, done their duty, and, and look at you. Look at who, you know, you're part of this. You're amazing, mm-hmm. Carlene. So we, we look well, forward thank to another for conversation. Me. We'll see you soon, hopefully, right? <laughs> I hope so. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. that our first Monday of every month, right, first Monday, we have Military Monday with Mike Guardia, who is an Army veteran and award-winning author and historian and a history teacher. 
and he is here. He's our co-host of our shows, uh, usually on every first Monday. But we've got him back here. So, Mike, how are you? Hello, ladies. Sorry to be late to the party, but it is always great to talk to you. Yeah, can you take your phone off speaker? That would be great um, so we can not have an echo. Uh, but, um, well, actually, how, I'm how you, not on speaker. Um, hmm. Okay. But anyway, okay, so how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you ladies doing? Good. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, tell, tell us, you know, we've, we've got a few minutes here, so let, let's get into your history as a veteran and honoring you. Tell us a little bit about your history of how you got into becoming a, a, an Army veteran, like you, an Army sergeant. Or, tell us a little bit about okay. your start. All righty. Well, let's see. You know, um, I think from a, I think from a very early age, the military was something that I gravitated towards and was always something that I was interested in. And Mm -hmm. I think, uh, I think the interest really for me uh, started hitting critical mass in, let's say 1991. Um, I would have been seven years old at that point. And that of course was the year of the Gulf War. And that was also the 50th anniversary of Pearl Harbor. So that year, you had a lot of military stories in the media, and a lot of uh, a lot of military uh, news that was geared towards younger readers. And uh, you know that was uh, that was really what solidified my interest. You know, I could see what these I could see what these present day veterans were doing, and then read about the heroes that had come from all of the generations before. And uh, that's when uh, I made up my mind on some level that, hey, you know, I really wanted to duplicate that. I wanted to I wanted to wear the uniform. I wanted to serve the flag as well, you know, just like a lot of the been recent heroes in Desert Storm and the Latter-day mm. Heroes from World War II. And uh, what really solidified it for me more than anything was, you know, 10 years later, of course, was 9-11. And that's what inspired me to join. And mm. uh ended up serving in the army, did six years. And, uh, yeah, I can say that it was a mixed bag. There were parts of it that were mm-hmm. really good and there were parts of it that were not so good, but on the whole, uh, it was an incredible experience. And in many ways it made me who I am today. And it, uh, it not, not only made me proud to have worn the uniform, but it also set the foundation for me to become a military historian and be able to write about uh, just a, a slew of topics and uh, also get the stories out from other heroes who have served and also just give me a perspective on um, all of the, all of the stories that I write and, you know, be able to add that veteran's perspective in there, which I think uh, adds a, which I, I think adds in more ways than one, a deeper dimension to the narrative, you know, just being able to stand where some of these veterans are coming from and package it in a story and in a format that's mm-hmm. accessible to the public. Um, well, so I think yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, a big deal with your book. Like Nancy and I always talk about it. It's like, you don't have to be in the military to understand it. There's some books that you write that like, I'm like, dude, like you're getting battle strategy, but then I'm like new now, now I'm into it. But <laughs> you know what I mean? But you really grasp the the human story of going into war, and if we don't understand the human story of war, then we're going to have a lot more bloodshed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's, that's the it. beauty of what you do. I mean, it, it is. It's it's you always bring us back home to 
am, this stuff went down. And this person really went for it and put themselves on the line. And I think that's something, isn't that the part of the story you always go to someone who's put themselves on the line and yeah. above the call of duty? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's always what I want to try to emphasize in any one of the stories that I write is that, you know, here you have this hero who rises to the occasion. And when you look at it, uh, very few times in history, you know, any of these gentlemen that I've written about, you know, there, there's nothing uh, especially in their background that would indicate uh, that they were destined for greatness or that they would gravitate towards a career in the military you know, when you look at it, they're really people just like you and me, you know, I mean, they're people who could very, very easily be your neighbor, they could be your cousin or your uncle, you know, just normal people who, whenever the chips were down, and the odds were stacked against them, they rose to the occasion, and they ended up producing great results, and they did great things, uh, things that, uh, that uh, were beyond the purview of uh, what any normal peacetime individual would even think possible. Mm. I just want to go to Coyote. Okay. Sorry, go ahead, Nancy. Go ahead. We're no, I was just going to say. You know, <laughs> no, I just I I was thinking about uh, I have a cousin, cousin Bill, by my aunt's. Uh, so many marriages, I can't keep track. But we were having Christmas dinner at her house and. Um, there was noise. Somebody was doing firecrackers, and Bill went under the table, and we were all like, "What? What? What's going on here?" And so he explained to us about shell shock, mm-hmm. and and what it, how he, and he was shaking the whole time. When we finally got him out under the from under the table, he was shaking the whole time and trying to explain and you know that made it real to me about war and what humans do to each other right. and because i he he's a he was a tall good looking kind person, and all of a sudden almost. I don't know, he crumbled, you know? Mm-hmm. But then he had to come out from under the table and be who he is again in front of everybody and he was embarrassed. And I I just remember feeling, oh man, that's what that's what war. That's what people do to each other. And thinking there's gotta be a way to make people kinder. There's got to be a way yeah. to not go there. It shouldn't have to yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I yeah. agree. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and I, I want to ask you this. Uh, when people say thank you for your service, because it's not almost like a bumper sticker, you know, is there a better way to say it, or or are well, people who have served put their life on the line? Are they okay with the thank you for your service? Almost like um, it's almost like you just say it. Well, you know that's 
a great question, Nancy, because you know you, you, I've 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 actually asked myself that question mm. several times. Uh, you know, is there a better way to say it? Because you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I make it a point to say it to the World War II veterans, the Vietnam mm-hmm. vets that I've met. But I, I always think to myself, okay, well, when I say thank you to these guys, and when people say thank you to me, is there mm-hmm. a better way of doing it? You know, besides just to really thank you, because. You know, on the one hand, you say to yourself, you know, there has to be something more, but is there mm. really more that you can do? And, it, and now that I think about it, there was something, and for the life of me, I can't remember which veteran I heard this from, mm. but uh, it was part of a veterans panel that I was on, and he said something to the effect of, when people tell us thank you, the best way that they can actually show their thanks is to be somebody who was worth fighting for. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Isn't that it? Isn't that it? Like that. That's cool. Yeah. That's way cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. He said, yeah. He said, you know, if we're, if we're writing that blank check out to uncle Sam for an amount up to and including our lives, be somebody mm. who's worth fighting for. That means be an upright citizen, be fair and honest in your dealings with people uh, mm. be a sociopath, don't be an SOB, you mm. know, uh, yeah. you, you know, be a good, be a good friend and a good neighbor to those who are around you, even when they don't see eye to eye with you on, you know, yeah. broader religious or political issues, you know, uh, basically mm. just be a good American citizen. If if you mm. want to thank us, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. I think that oh, things well have said. become very well said. I, I agree. Hmm. I love that. I agree. I think that things have become very commercial, and it yeah. shouldn't be. I mean, we're doing Veterans Day. It's not Veterans Day today, but we're doing it in advance, and we will re-promote this, this product of a show later on Veterans Day again. See, that's, that's the thing. It becomes this... Um, product but it shouldn't be it should be something that is part of society but mm-hmm. we have to start with this right it's like uh you know black history month women's history month we have to right. start with that and it shouldn't be that we have that native american month is also this month by the way and there's a lot of native americans that fought for us just saying oh and many and different we forget ways. about them at times they have they, I, I mean you've got to think right mike uh, am i we've got the code talkers the navajo code talkers right i mean we had so many native americans that fought in our wars yet we we were not nice to them when we landed here mm-hmm. you know yet they still fought for us so uh-huh. and that's something yeah so in a way wars do bring people together but mm. you know what I mean? It's a weird thing to say, but it, it does. Is. It is. It, it's like we knew we need to unite to say no to that over there. Um, but you've got Coyote Recon out is your your latest book. Yeah. Uh, when is that? When can people get it? We we did the interview last month, last first Monday with you. So and everybody, yeah. Mike is on every first Monday. So, um, mm-hmm. but but when we're anxious, <laughs> I know. Me too. Me too. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be out in time for the it'll be out in time for the Black Friday rush. Oh, okay, cool. everybody, 
So MikeGuardia.com mm. is the website, but then keep up with them on Amazon, bookshop.org, all those places for that. Right. And um, I would say still like how more, all your how more books that we're talking, you know, we're talking about military heroes. Like that's got to be on people's Christmas list this year oh, yeah. too. And mm-hmm. Combat Diaries. Right. Of course. Yeah. Also, one of the latest ones, the latest, the latest that's out um, that people need to get. But then you've got a Christmas book for kids. Tell everybody about mm-hmm. that. Yes, ma'am. So here is a here is a Christmas rendition of the Night Before Christmas. It uh, you know is set to the uh, same rhyming pattern and scale as that original Night Before Christmas poem, and mm-hmm. it is just uh, it is a satire of the original verse uh, that is set against the backdrop of World War II. So it's a World War II night before Christmas, and uh, jolly old St. Nick, he makes a uh, surprise visit to the Allied troops who are uh, fighting at the Battle of the Bulge in December of 1944. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just shows that uh, Santa Claus and the Christmas spirit is always going to be on the side of right, and uh, you know, even in the even in the darkest of times, you know, when the when the uh, battle between good and evil is at its height, you know, the uh, spirit of Saint Nick will be there to uh, reward those who are who are doing the Lord's work and are uh, you know trying to uh, trying to make the world a better place. Mm. That's awesome. And I know our next show with you, we're going to talk about Christmas in the in the trenches, right, around the world. Yes, ma'am. That we are looking forward to that. I mean, we don't, I mean, I just want people to understand that it's like we get all cozy, but what about the military families during Christmas right. when, you know, their loved ones are away and what are they going through? And whether it's World War One, World War Two, the Korean War, Vietnam, mm. Afghanistan, the Gulf Wars, right? Like what is mm-hmm. happening? So we're going to talk about that, everybody, on the next first mm. Monday here on Big Blend Radio with Mike Wardia. Keep up with Mike at MikeWardia.com. So we're going to move on, Mike. I'm so glad you could join us. I know we had some interruptions on the show with you getting on, but I'm glad you're here. And uh, we're going to move on uh, with our friend Glenn Burrows over in Norfolk, England, talking about World War II history. And, boy, does he have some things to say about war. (laughs) You know, I love Glenn, and we talked about mental health and um, Mm – We talked a little bit about everything, actually. And then we're going to close with the song from the Gunboat Diplomats. And I love this band so much. And it's not about their their music is old. They have, it's a variety bag, which is the blend, right? And Mm -hmm. this is a song, Beneath the Psalm Sky. I know we've played it so many times on shows with you, Mike. But what is a Gunboat Diplomat, Mike? Like, <laughs> All right, so so a gunboat diplomat is uh, really just a fancy way for saying uh, it is. It, it, it's really a fancy way of saying sailor. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's a naval officer who is becoming a Johnny on the spot diplomat who you know is taking his gunboat, essentially his gunship, be it a battleship or a cruiser or whatnot. And, uh, you know, as a representative, as a forceful representative of his home government is, uh, you know, showing is showing the naval power of his home country to someone mm-hmm. else to try to force their compliance to do something. 
Okay. Dang. Yeah. See, no matter what we ask Mike, <laughs> he has the answer. Like, I don't know what to ask you anymore. Like, you always have the answer. I'm trying to stump you all the time, and it doesn't work. You know. Aww. Well, it's no. just, wait, wait. Okay, <laughs> Mike, I know. If you could go back in the future, what car would you drive? <laughs> oh. I know the answer. Of course it'd be. Uh, of course, it would be Doc Brown's time machine. I knew it. He's going to go in the yeah. DeLorean. He's mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. to get in there. Yeah. He's going to get in the DeLorean. Yeah, what is it about the DeLorean? What is it? Because like, the doors open up instead of sideways. Yeah. Right. See? And once it hits 88 miles per hour, that's it. Yeah, that's it. See? There you go, babies. <laughs> we just I brought that up because it's Mike also has a podcast. Tell everybody about your podcast. It's, it's like the yes, Batmobile. Yeah, right. It's the Batmobile. Yeah. That's what bad assery. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> tell everybody your mm-hmm. podcast because it's cool on YouTube. Tell them. Tell yeah. Them, so. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, this past August, I launched a video podcast. It's called Retro Wave History, and it is uh, various topics of history uh, told in an 80s VHS format. And uh, yeah, for anyone who likes the uh, 80s aesthetic with uh, some good solid history, I think it'd be right up the rally. Cool. Right on, everybody. So take a listen. Take a watch, actually, on YouTube. Keep up with Mike at MikeGuardia.com. Cool. Follow his YouTube channel. He's got thousands of followers there, and he posts stuff all the time, things that I'm like, holy cow, that happened? I'm like, mm-hmm. really? You freak me out all the time, Mike. Every day I get a notification <laughs> from Mike, and I'm going, we really blew that up? We did that, and we did it that way? Oh, we mm-hmm. did. So anyway, keep up with Mike there, and we, we look forward to Christmas. We're going to do our Christmas segment next. So thanks for joining us, and here we go. Our segment Thank with you, Glenn. Ladies. Thank you. Take care. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Hey, everybody. We're here talking with Glenn Burroughs, the owner of Norfolk Tours, in England and family historian. So go to his website, norfolk-tours.co.uk. Uh, this is our special Veterans Day show, live with Mike Guardia. Of course, Glenn is in England, so he can't be live at the same time because it's a little past his bedtime. It's over past midnight right now, so we decided we'll record this with him beforehand. Uh, but Glenn uh, has been on our show for years talking about military history and how it connects uh, between England and America, especially World War II. But over in England, Veterans Day is not always on November 11th. I believe it's a Remembrance Day, and it's on, I think it's the second Sunday of every month. Glenn, welcome back. Hi. No, um, Remembrance Day is always on the 11th of the 11th. Oh, it is. Okay. We do have we do have service on the on the Sunday nearest to Remembrance Day, and okay. we we have um, we have poppies that we wear um, around that time for remembrance because you know that in the First World War um, the battlefields did grow a lot of poppies because what happens with fields that get cultivated a lot is poppies seem to resurface and obviously Mm -hmm. the battlefields of the Somme and Passchendaele and all that got blown up and the the poppies reappeared so the poppy was Mm -hmm. taken as a symbol of the First World War, and then remembrance um, is from from then on in, you know, from from the First World War onwards. 
And remember, say when you think about poppies, always think of Flanders Field. That, mm -hmm. um, poem yeah, exactly. That was written. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it was mm -hmm. Canadian that wrote that. I think. Uh, um, I, I don't know. I have to look at it. I have to look it back up again. Yeah, I always go through it every year, and I'm like, time I read that, I'm like, wow, man, it's it's real. It really brings it home to being real. Um, over here, Veterans Day is about celebrating those who are veterans, so they're alive and not passed on. So Memorial Day is more about those who have passed. But I think mm -hmm. it's always about both. And Veterans Day is also about those who served, whether it's uh, military or, and this is just for me, the armed forces, firefighters, policemen, yeah. um, those who have sacrificed their lives. Mm -hmm. So I, I look at it, all of it, that we need to celebrate both. That's just my personal part of it. For mm -hmm. England, is Remembrance Day for both or mostly those who have passed on? Remembrance Day is to remember those who died, mm -hmm. but it always involves old soldiers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the, the cenotaph, the, the royal family always lays reeds at the cenotaph and the, the parade of old soldiers and lots of other members of the other forces, like you say, like, you know, the RAF, the Navy, mm. the mm -hmm. Army, but also the, the firefighters. And that you know the the other people, the nurses, they come along mm -hmm. as well. You know? So so everybody who has a hand in looking after us basically takes mm -hmm. part in Remembrance Day services, and mm -hmm. and it is always fully represented by every religion, every mm -hmm. political party, every everybody, everybody mm -hmm. respects Remembrance Sunday. And the mm -hmm. all of the Commonwealth come and lay reeves, you know, it's it's it is really a massive, massive thing. I think it's, it's important it's public service, you know, the mm -hmm. people who serve the public in one way or the other. You know, I'm not yes. talking about retail shopping. I'm talking about or politicians. People That's who it, yeah. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Uh oh. Um it's I'm talking about humane Public services. Yeah, and I mean, especially you know, I, in especially in England, we mm -hmm. where we had a lot of bombing during the Second World War and the First World mm -hmm. War. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there were bombs dropped in the First World War by right. Zeppelins. Yeah. You know, in nineteen in nineteen fifteen, nineteen sixteen, they they dropped bombs by Zeppelins. So, especially in the Second World War, the firefighters were mm -hmm. were literally fighting fires as they were still bombing us. You know. Yeah. So, so those mm -hmm. firefighters need to be recognized. And that, that is the, the big thing that a lot of people forget. Yes, there were people who were fighting on the front lines, mm -hmm. but there were also people who were fighting behind the scenes. And actually, the person that I've chosen mm. was not actually in the military at all. Mm. Who? Okay. Well, there was a young lady called Jeannie McIntosh, and she had an uncle who lived in, whether that was in France or Belgium, but it was on, you know, on the continent. And she was staying with her uncle and, and her aunt at the outbreak of war. And she couldn't get back to England. Oh. So she stayed. And as her uncle was a member of the French resistance, she also wow. became a member of the French resistance. And she helped... Awesome. Lots of 
Allied forces to escape. Mm-hmm. And one of the men who she helped to escape was a bloke called Frank Andrews. Mm-hmm. And he came back to England after the war. Uh, Jeannie McIntosh was arrested by the Gestapo and was Ooh. tortured. Ooh. And as it happened, the um, release of the um, of the prison camp that she was in by the Allies happened just before she was due to be executed. Um, so the end of the war came just in time for this young lady. Oh, now, after wow. the war, Frank Andrews decided he would look up this young lady and they got married. Oh, nice. And oh. they became the postmaster mm-hmm. and the postmistress at the post office in the village where I grew up. I never knew them. They were gone. Wow. My mum wow. remembered them. And the, the story in the village was all about Mrs. Andrews, who was tortured by the Gestapo. And mm. she and her husband, wow. he was an RAF bloke. Mm. And they got married. And they lived in the post office in my little village. Wow. wow. Oh, they, wait a minute. They lived in the post wow. office? Yeah, like, they, they the, ran the post office. They ran the village shop in my in, little village. Wow. And, and that, to me, amazing. Is, is the sort of people who also need to be remembered on Veterans Absolutely. Day, on Remembrance Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, this young lady, she was only a spring chicken. You know, she was mm-hmm. only a youngster. And, and mm-hmm. she actually was tortured. I mean, my mum tell me things that happened. I don't know whether they're true, mm-hmm. so I can't repeat them. But, you know, I believe that she was tortured by the Gestapo. And, you mm-hmm. know, she was only an ordinary young woman. Yet she needs to be remembered. Mm-hmm. So the people, the people of the French resistance, the people like Jeannie McIntosh, the people like Edith Cavell, who was uh, also a local woman from, mm-hmm. from Norwich area, who was actually shot by the Germans in the First World War. They are the sort of people who also need to be remembered. Mm-hmm. Because Clara they, Barton? Uh, sorry? The, the, the Clara Barton, the, the nurse? You know, that, there were loads of them. But they're the ones yeah. that we need to also remember and, and think about. You know, they were just ordinary mm-hmm. people going about their daily work. They needn't have actually done that. Jeannie McIntosh mm-hmm. decided to become a member of the French Resistance. She didn't need to. You know, she weren't serving mm-hmm. in the army or anything. So they're the sort of people who I really think yeah. we need to well, take our hats off to them. I yeah, absolutely, absolutely agree. Like when you look at here, we had the Underground Railroad mm-hmm. when, you know, mm-hmm. slavery was getting abolished and, and, you know, slaves could get mm-hmm. out. But what happens? Oh, you're free. But you weren't given education and you've just been working for the man. Mm-hmm. You know, and then here it is, like Harriet Tubman and people like that who wrote and did these amazing things, the abolitionists, who women, oh, a lot courage. of women in this country stood up and yeah. used the power of the pen and mm-hmm. their houses. And when you go to their houses, these huge mansions, and when you see where these people hid, these tiny, I mean, I don't even know if my thigh will fit in these places that the people hid. Yeah. Like you yeah. think about Anne Frank. Mm-hmm. Look at Anne yeah. Frank. Another one. Right? You know, they, mm-hmm. they are the sort of people who you know, need to stand up beside the soldiers who who were also obviously mm-hmm. need to be remembered. I mean, the other person who I would like to remember on your Veterans Day is the bloke who came over to see where he flew from 
um, I, I, was, I had the honor of showing this man the airfield he flew from. Mm. Uh, and he was 93. He was just a normal little old wow. man. And he mm. flew from this airfield in Norfolk during the Second World War. You know, wow. He, wow. He, he was only a spring chicken again. Mm. You know, he was only 19, 20 when he was doing this. Think about that. that. They, they mm. are heroes. They're the greatest generation in World War II. What, yeah. They're young, so young to go out yes. there and do that. I mean, when I think about what I was doing at 19, well, we don't need to get into that on the show, but these people I can really talk do about that. it. No, <laughs> no, we don't need to. But isn't it night and day different, right? What, mm-hmm. what we could get away with is 19-year-olds, and it, we would never mm-hmm. be able to if it wasn't for these men and women exactly. who really served at that point. And so when we yeah. talk about the, the cost of freedom – it, there is a cost to freedom, and it's alive. Of course. It's and, everybody and, and who came before it's, us. Who it's also, I wanted to ask you this, Glenn, um, before I get to that. What about your cousin that you found that you went to Canada for? He served. Well, yeah, he, he went He went to Halifax in Nova <laughs> Scotia in 1815, and then he was <laughs> out there. You know, he he sailed all the way across the Atlantic. That's crazy. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And, yeah. and he served over in, in Canada, and he ended up, he contracted ophthalmia. I think it's ophthalmia. Some, some eye, eye problem. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and he, was, um, he was pensioned out and sent back to England. So he wow. sailed across the Atlantic twice, you know, wow. in, this, in this the is... early 1800s. He must have been... Absolutely petrified because he came from yeah. a little tiny village in Norfolk, and he, yeah. ended, up, he ended up in Nova Scotia for oh, wow. But wow. you know, when you go when you go to like World War Two, World War One, World War Two, and then we think about Vietnam, and you think about the Korean War, and and how uh, crazy the tactics of battle hmm. happen, and you think about the lady that was you know tortured by the Gestapo, right? Yeah. So the the trauma that comes from that, and and you think about now some of the wars that we've had, the you know Desert Storm, the Gulf War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think about what happens, you know, when mm-hmm. I think we connected with you right after we were in Twenty Nine Palms, California, and we lived in a uh, in a community that was military, and we could hear at times there were there were suicides by gunshots that you could yeah, hear. Stress. There of was serving. The, the stress the, of the, serving. The men and women were on so many tours as they'd call it come home and to settle back in a normal home lifestyle wasn't happening very well and so we in this country i think it's only maybe over the last 10 years that we've started to really be open about post-traumatic stress disorder and ptsd and you know getting guys and gals and who have served to get help and to for us to do the reach out for help and for people to understand that even firefighting, when we went through all the wildfires in California at, at one point, like a friend said, you've, you've got PTSD because I didn't sleep for two years, you know, thinking there was a fire also, in the backyard. Also so. what a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of people who are on the streets are ex-servicemen. Absolutely. Yes. Because, yes. because they England, don't, huh? a lot of them have been indoctrinated into doing what they're told. So when they come out of the services, a lot of them don't actually know what to do when they're not being told what to do, oh, or well. or they have had such terrible experiences that mm. they turn to substance abuse and they yeah. end up on the streets. That's what and, happens and, here too. And, the, this the, is the, true. England, 
have a program sure. where they're helping? I mean, is that something that's talked about or is it kind of a shush shush thing? A lot of it is swept under the carpet. Like like Aww. mental health. Mental health in general now is talked about more <laughs> often than it used to be. Absolutely. But mental health is still not actually dealt with properly. As far as I'm concerned, and I'm someone, I am someone who has suffered with my own mental health problems. So I know mm -hmm. what services mm -hmm. I was given, and I know for a fact that the ones that I were given actually didn't do me a lot of good. Mm. They, they, were, they, they weren't what I needed. And also when I worked, um, mm. when I worked for a living, <laughs> rather than being self-employed, my bosses didn't have a clue what to do because... I hadn't broken my arm. I hadn't broken my leg. I could right. still walk, mm -hmm. but they couldn't. They didn't know what to do when I just sat at my desk and cried. They didn't know mm -hmm. what to do because they weren't yeah. used. They weren't used yeah. to someone to you're not, cry you're up not, the corner. You're not taught that. No. When you when you're especially a manager, if you're a man, when you especially as a man. No, but when you go into management of anything, like Lisa and I've been in one company where. Uh, we climbed up to being managers of stores. It, there, there was no training it wasn't good. for anything. Well, no, it's true. There was absolutely, there was, oh, somebody slips and fall, you call 911. Yeah, 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 exactly. But there was nothing about recognizing. Someone coming in, I had someone who was getting um, mm -hmm. abused at home, and I'm just like, okay, we need to protect you. But then her boyfriend was stalking her. In her place, and there was no that. anything to help her. Mm -hmm. I'm going, no, she's in trouble, and she's a mess, you know. So yeah. to me, that's um, we we still have that, and for our service men and women, I just still feel like we have to have this bigger open discussion and say yeah. it's okay because you're you're not a bad person if you're going through mental, and I would like to say emotional health too. That's yeah. the same. It's connected. Well, it's the same and thing. You're going when you go and fight a war. Even going through boot camp, holy cow, no way. Like that's a that's intense. But when you go to war and you're fighting and you've got that danger all the time, your body is in 100% adrenaline. Mm -hmm. You're yeah. in that zone of fear, fight or flight. You're not in that but, but calm you've place. Also You've also got to realize that these people who were on the front line, who were seeing their, their mates killed mm -hmm. in front of their very eyes, That's had, had, had nothing to, to make them ready for that. They yeah. had come from the fields where they were cutting corn or whatever they were doing, and then suddenly they were thrown into the trenches, especially in the mm -hmm. First World War, that was even mm -hmm. more horrendous. They were just thrown into the trenches and being surrounded by bodies that were being blown up. You know, yeah. who can actually grow? How do you how do you train somebody you for can't. that? You no. know, and, and they no, didn't. Also, we need they need didn't. to we need to also acknowledge, like we've already said, you know, the firefighters, the ambulance crew, the the you know the the medics who were on the front mm. line. They had oh. to pick up bodies that were thrown blown to pieces. You know. I they you know, they need to, they need support. They they mm -hmm. really do. And they are the people that I want to try and put over to listeners that 
we need to remember them as well, not just the ones who won the Victoria Cross or the exactly. Purple Heart or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got to remember the ones who just quietly got on with life and, mm -hmm. and picked up the pieces, so to speak. They always yeah. say that the quiet people are the strong, quiet people. You need to check in on them more than you yeah. think. Well, you one, uh, one bloke I remember who lived in the village next to us, I went to school with both of his daughters, and I didn't know until he died that he was a Japanese prisoner of war. Never spoke Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. That's got it. No, mm -hmm. no. Because that they tortured people. Exactly. Like, yeah. you know, the, the Japanese prisoners of war went through, well, worse than hell. You know, I don't it know. It really, yeah. really, I like, mean, terrible. And they, they, 99% of them didn't talk about it. Because yeah. it was too much. No, no, they don't. And I know my uncle Ward, which was, I think, my aunt Babs's like first out of five husbands, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, seriously, she went through a lot. Um, <laughs> but he, I remember as a kid staying in their house for like two or three weeks, and he would literally bang his head against the walls and yeah. say he has a headache, and. Yeah. I'm like, well, mm. yeah, if you stop banging your head against the wall. Yeah, but there's as but a there's, kid, you know, as a kid, because I'm yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not understanding. And I just remember my aunt taking a sleeping pill and like whatever. It was it was the most bizarre thing. And he did kill himself. Yeah. And wow. my family's reaction was at least he didn't do it in the same county where we all lived. Jesus. I know. That was to me like the most That that's when you don't you don't connect with your family was, very well anymore. No wonder no. Nancy went to Africa. You yeah, know? because that's that that, like, that's, what? that's a rough no because that, really, that suicide because when when he was okay, got to, he was a really, really nice, gentle you, person and he would get down on the floor and play with you. And he was a really kind person, but then all of a sudden he'd get this thing and he would go crazy. And nobody did anything. And then, you know, and then you're watching TV programs where paramedics come in and firemen come in and people help each other. I'm like, well, where's that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But but the suicide thing, you know what you're saying about, you know, the family being like that. And I'm not related. <laughs> I am <laughs> somewhere in there. But um it's, that's when you have family history you don't want to be related to, you know, when people don't want to turn their head about stuff mm -hmm. like that. But if you think it, it we're just talking about mental health, suicide. Mm -hmm. Suicide has always been a hush-hush thing. That's been, that's the skeletons in the closet, literally, right? Yeah. Suicide has not been, it's always been a hush-hush thing until I would say maybe 25, 30 years. 40 maybe pushing even, it even even now really i mean it's even it's, now because it's, yeah it's not it's not really something that people understand too well mm. but, yeah you know, well it's, it's, hopefully, it's hopefully people like... get help before that gets to that but you know sometimes mm. people have gone too far and they, they will never get help mm. it's like any other problem you mm. have to admit that you've got a problem before you can deal with it mm. exactly and, and we as, as like society crazy. Words like crazy that you just used. Uh, yes, words like crazy. <laughs> but I had to say that. <laughs> uh, no, but it's true. Words like crazy um, kind of tag the person, and I think words like that make it so they can't get out. Ah, uh, yeah. It's your fault, then, Nancy. 
Yeah, you I said crazy. Well, well Glenn says no. It's gone mad. No. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so I want to I want to go just in closing with this about honoring people. I mean, we've got to think mm-hmm. about war in general over the years. Yeah. So I want to honor the young kid that goes out, the little drummer boy with the in the little flute that goes out that they put out in wars, and then everybody mm-hmm. did those rows and just went and bayoneted and shot each. I mean, but That's that crazy. little kid would go out there. I mean, how? how how did how like how did we put kids in the front lines of war and then i look at some of what's happening in africa mm-hmm. with the skirmishes and the war yep. how they're drugging kids and making them into yep. little soldiers yeah where where yeah, is our mind during the second world war the the germans had the hitler youth didn't they it's yeah. all about well, indoctrination yeah yeah mm-hmm. you know if you can make mm-hmm. somebody um give up everything for the cause then you've got People who oh. are the cannon fodder. That's all yeah. they are. And, that's, wow. and even I always look at the, how the old battles were fought, where they just stood up to the line, marched towards each other. Here's the big line here. Here's the big line. And shoot at each other. Like, well, that's stupid. Drew their swords it's and really shot each other. It's really stupid. They just stood in front of each other and shot at each other. I mean, how dumb can you get? Yeah, why, but, would, but you, why were... would you do that? They were commanded by generals who normally sat up on a hill looking over the battlefield exactly. on their horses. And yeah. having, yeah, let's, let's have a spot of tea and well, tell them yeah. what to do. No, now, but did, did you ever see the general in the line, not on the horse, in the front line, the first one to go out and get shot? No. Not so often. No. Maybe the Scottish, because they were kind of like, let's go, boys. But so I mean, and then when we got to Vietnam, you started hearing about oh, it's a new kind of warfare. Like mm. people are hiding. Well, good. It's I'd about hide. Time. I'd run. Then, you not know, but I mean, I'd it's run. About time we didn't do this big. Oh, we're just gonna march in this big force like it's a parade or something. I just don't. I just wish we didn't have to do it at all. Well, yeah. But that's not reality. That's not reality. And so well, those who stand be. up. If everybody just chilled out a bit. Yeah, but look at Ukraine and Russia right now too. Yeah. And that's wow. speaking of kids. I mean, now our our where's yeah. where's the laws? You know, with women and children being blown up, those laws have gone away. It just seems like to me it's a war crime. What's happening? That's just me, in my opinion. But um, I don't. It's it's these are these are important somebody. these are important days mm-hmm. to remind us. Of who it's it's human the beings futility. out there. The futility yeah. of war. Yeah. Mm. It's yeah. it's crazy. It really hey. is. Oh, but you just used it again. I, I know because well, it suits <laughs> that. It suits <laughs> that. I know. I know. Glenn. I, I mean, it's and it's humanity's attempt to be human. I don't know, but can't yeah. you get past I, this where you? You hurt each other, but but this, but I think this is the importance of what Glenn does. Um, is you're taking people to these battlefields and and where the where the airfields were, Mm. and um, people can reconnect with their family history and ancient. I mean, you can take them to the Roman places too. I mean, it's ancient, and so it really connects back to us about what we've been through and what we're going through today because Mm -hmm. war is still here. Um, Yeah. It reminds us of the people and our families and what they have gone through. You know, when you start to realize who has fought in your family, what they went through, 
Mm-hmm. You, you know, you think about what was it like in the trenches with bombs going off and grenades whizzing by over your head and being shot at. Yeah. Think well, about it's, it. I mean, it's cold. One one of the um, elderly gentlemen I went to see, he was a cousin of mine. Um, he was about 97, I think, when I went to see him. Wow. And he had been in the trenches. And he mm-hmm. told me that the worst thing was that he couldn't take his boots off for months. And that the mud in the trenches was often blood making the mud Ew. rather than water making the mud. And he Ew. said that, that one day he was standing shoulder to shoulder with his mate in a trench and he felt his his mate go like that because he'd just been hit by a bullet and was dead. <sighs> and he actually felt the, the bullet hit his mate. Ew. And that that is something. And and he was he still he still felt that when yeah. he was ninety seven. Yeah, wow. you know, wow. yeah, and mm-hmm. that's that sort of thing that has to be remembered because mm-hmm. and that's that's why I was saying about this woman in the village because they they were they were just normal people, and yeah. that's the thing you know this this man who came over with his daughter um, who used who was actually over here flying Liberator bombers during the war he was just a normal 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 little man you know. He, mm. There was nothing special about him. He was 93, mm. but they, you know, he was just a normal little man. But when I can put the the normal little man, so to speak, or the normal woman, or the normal fireman, or the normal ambulance crew into a place that I can then recognise, then I can then realise what people went through, because mm. I can identify the people, and it's about people. War isn't mm-hmm. about guns. Yeah. War is about people. Well, the, but... effect, the effect that they that the war had on the people. Mm, you know, yeah. I mean, during the Second World War and the First World War, you know, just think how many women lost their sons. Just mm-hmm. imagine how oh, many yeah. women lost their husbands. How many mm-hmm. husbands lost Brothers. their wives and yeah, their daughters. Yeah. You know, it's real, and that is what I think we should all remember that mm-hmm. they weren't just a name on a war memorial, they were people. Exactly. Is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Well put, Glenn. On that note, everyone, go call Glenn. Go see him, and he'll take you to places that you'll really be able to connect with those people's story, their individual stories. And I think that's so important about family history is that you figure these stories out. And think about that when you meet people or go to a shop and you hear that they're a veteran. What did they go through? Mm, for exactly. the name of freedom, right? Mm-hmm. So thank you so much, Glenn. Everyone, norfolk-tours.co.uk is the website for Glenn. You can see his stories up on blendradioandtv.com. Also, nationalparktraveling.com because he talks about nature, too. We like our yeah. nature. And what must have anything. nature. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we do, don't we? Hey, we, we were good about politics. <laughs> but thank you, Glenn. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> See you later. By a brown and withered garden There's a chapel in the sand Where the wicked and the faithful Come to make their final stand 
as another bitter season ends. Now the hour is at hand, for the seeds of hope have fallen on parched and stony ground. Can you hear the prophets calling as the world keeps spinning round? But it all goes with the territory and for what it's worth. The meek and brave prepare a grave in the dusty barren earth. While the bones of last week's promises are buried in the square. The saints and doubting Thomases all bow their heads in prayer. But the words will bring no comfort to the foolish or the wise. Till the heavens rain on the brittle grain like teardrops from the quiet, solemn sky. clouds are gathering, a shadow on the land. So rejoice, you sons and daughters, but wouldn't it be rich if the holy healing waters soon undermined the bridge, rushing up to breach the levee on that long and faithful day? Till the rising flood made it clear as mud, all the sins are washed away. Down the ancient winding river to the dark and briny sea. Now these old foundations shiver at the sacred memory of that brief and blessed moment when providence supplied. A sad lament for the penitents who are damn well sanctified. Oh 